Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. You may never have considered David as a startup leader or a turnaround leader, but in fact, he did both multiple times. Hello, I'm Mark Rutland. Welcome to The Leader's Notebook. We're in the middle of a series on the life and leadership of King David. A lot of this is based on my book, David the Great, and I, at the end of this broadcast, I want to be talking to you about this book and about some other things that I think would be useful to you. I, uh, I've been trying in this series, of course, I can't teach you all the details of a book in a brief podcast, but I've been trying to isolate some specific leadership lessons, life and leadership lessons that are applicable to us. How remarkable is it that King David, who was born 3,000 years ago, three millennia ago, think about that, that his life and leadership lessons are still relevant to us in the 21st century. It's, it's an amazing testimony really to to what a leader he was. He was a complicated man, complex man, and a man with who was very, very good at some things and not very good at some other things. And some of the things he wasn't good at were very important. But there are great lessons that can be learned from the life of this genius, really a multifaceted genius from three millennia ago. Now, when we... Uh, when we left King David, and if, you, if you've missed the previous episodes, they're all archived. I want you to go back, get them all, catch up. But, but if not, just stay with me on this one. Let me give you a brief summary. David has fled from Saul. He's been alone in the Judean wilderness. God has brought him up out of that. He has developed a small army, the Geborim, 600-unit um, uh, cavalry. It's, a, it's a, a very fierce little army. David hires them out as mercenaries to the enemies of Israel, the Philistines. And uh, David and his men are given a small town uh, in Philistia named Ziklag. And there, David and his men begin uh, a season of greater prosperity than they have had. Remember, they've been living in the wilderness, in, in caves. They've been uh, traveling around, fighting constantly. And now suddenly, they have their own town. They have some new level of prosperity and effect, and, and David begins to move back toward his destiny. When he left Bethlehem, went to Gibeah, where Saul was king, it looked like he was moving toward his destiny. Then suddenly, with Saul's anger and suspicion, an attempt to kill David, and David had to flee, and then his abortive attempt to go to, to Gath and sign on there with them, how badly that went— so it looked like he's sliding further and further and further away from his destiny. And then all of a sudden, God begins to turn that back the other way. Now, Ziklag is not Jerusalem, and Ziklag is not even Israel. It's Philistia. But he can sense that things are turning back in his direction. When survival is your goal, you just do whatever it takes to live over the situation. But when some level of security and prosperity begins to come back into your life, when your path starts back toward what you believe God is calling you to, 
then you begin to think strategically and not just uh, the, the immediate tactical issue of how do I live over this. So if you're a businessman or a businesswoman uh, and you, you come to a situation where you're just hanging on by your fingernails, it's very difficult to think strategically. And in fact, what use can it be? What you have to do is figure out how do we get through this? How do we live over this? So you kind of temporarily park your long-term strategic plan and you go back into a tactical issue. So let me give you an example. This issue of the of the COVID virus, the China virus, and all of that, how many organizations, businesses that were on a trajectory towards success and prosperity, remember the pre-COVID economy was just surging. It was booming. Everything was growing from churches to hardware stores uh, to restaurants. And then all of a sudden, the brakes are slammed on economically And there are many, many organizations, companies, restaurants, churches that are just plunged into a sudden time of just trying to see how to live over it. That's when you go to tactical thinking. You have to lay your your strategy aside for long-term growth and success, and you begin to think tactically. How do we live over this? That's where David has been from the time he fled from his first attempt to go to Gath through the desert, assembling his troops training, that's all tactical. Now, suddenly, things begin to turn. And as they turn, you can go back to your strategic thinking, go back to your long-term plan. Now you can begin to think of other things than just, can I live through the day? Can I meet payroll on Friday? Now you can go back to your strategy gradually, slowly, and David does at Ziklag. He begins to think long-term again. Now, at that point, remember, there are other things happening in the world other than what's happening to you. In life and leadership, you have to keep that in mind. There There are variables that are occurring elsewhere, and they may profoundly affect your life and your leadership, but you have no control over them, for good or for ill. So, David is at Ziklag, and he comes up with a creative idea. He's, he wants to convince the Philistines that he's on their side completely. And so how could he do that? By raiding Israeli towns and villages and looting them and killing all the people. If he did that, then the Philistines would say, oh, well, David's in. They say to themselves, David's name will stink in the nostrils of Israel. So David leaves Ziklag, heads to the north toward Israel, then circles around. Remember, there's no satellite photos in those days. Nobody has a cell phone. Nobody's following him around with a camera. So he circles way to the south, goes down, and raids his traditional enemies, the people that he's fought with all down in the desert, the Amalekites. He raids those villages, kills and loots down there, circles back around to the north and comes back to Ziklag, and then he quickly takes the share of the loot and all of the, the gold and silver and whatever it is that he's looted from these towns, and he takes the proper share to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. He's had favor in Abimelech's eyes. Now, by treating him with respect and paying him the portion that's his, that favor increases. 
So David is increasing the favor of the alignment that he has and waiting for God to open the circumstance for him to move back to a strategic advantage to his ultimate destiny, which is not to be a warlord in a remote village of Ziklag. It's to be the king of of a united nation of Israel. He can't do that right now, however, because Saul, his father-in-law, is on the throne. Now, the Philistines make a, a determination to make one great surge and defeat Saul. They mass their army, all their generals, all their divisions, and they're going to attack Saul in a unified army. And Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, wants David and his army to go with him. The other generals who are envious and they're suspicious of David, they, they say to the king, no, no, don't do that. He'll circle behind us and attack us. We can't trust him. Even though he's been raiding the Jewish towns, everything else, he's still a Jew, and he'll be faithful in the heat of battle. So Abimelech says to David, you stay here. Go back to Ziklag, and you don't fight. In other words, God provides a way for David to avoid this ethical, this terrible ethical dilemma. Does he reveal himself to the Philistines as still being loyal to Israel, or does he attack his own people as a mercenary of the Philistines? And God resolves the issue. Now, there's a great lesson in this, and that is, if your heart is right before God, remember that in business, organization, leadership of all kinds, God can undertake for you. God will resolve the issue. It's not, it's, it's not always your fight. This is, this is one of the great strengths of David's life and leadership. He had some weaknesses, but one of his great strengths was he seemed to be able to know when he was supposed to fight and when he was supposed to let God fight. And that's a great strength to know this battle is the Lord's. Sit still and let him resolve it. So David takes his men and goes back to Ziklag. Now, if you remember in the old uh, serial movies back in the days of the Lone Ranger and all things like that, and they'd say, when we left our hero, and then they'd say, meanwhile, back at the ranch. So we're going to leave David at Ziklag, and we're going to go back to Saul. Meanwhile, with Saul, the Philistines attack Saul. And Saul and Jonathan are, are killed. They lose their lives on the battlefield. Jonathan is killed, and Saul, mortally wounded, kills himself. So the the Philistines have basically defeated the prevailing royal family of the northern area of Israel, and David goes back to Ziklag at the same time. Now, these things happen at the same time. David gets to Ziklag, and his old enemies, the Amalekites, have raided Ziklag. They've burned it to the ground, captured David's wives, all of his children, all of the wives and children of all of his men, and his men are ready to kill him. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like in life sometimes that you, you just can't win for losing? That you go through seasons, everything is going great, everything is working, your business is just starting to, to prosper and rebuild, and then all of a sudden, every doorknob you touch falls off in your hand. David has just begun to see some momentum back toward his ultimate destiny. And what happens? The Amalekites attack and capture everybody. 
and David's men are ready to kill him. There's a beautiful verse there that tells us everything, and it tells us nothing. All it says is, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, what we don't know is what that looked like. Did he get down on his face? Did he kneel? Did he cry out to God? We don't know how. Did he just encourage himself in the Lord by remembering all the times God had protected him and cared for him? Does he just recall all those seasons of victory where God brought snatched victory out of the jaws of defeat? We don't know. What we do know is that he took the time in the midst of a crisis to remind himself, God is with me, God is good, and God is powerful. If you're facing any kind of a crisis in your life, encourage yourself in the Lord any means that you can, through scripture, through prayer, by reminding yourself of seasons in the past where God has undertaken for you, and calm yourself in the Lord. So when David experiences a defeat in the midst of his season of victory, there's this terrible setback. What does he do? One, he encourages himself in the Lord. Calm yourself. Get prepared in spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Second, he comes up with an immediate plan to reverse the situation. So they attack in force rapidly, track the Amalekites down, and they rescue all their people and get back all their goods and return to Ziklag, to rebuild Ziklag. Now, Meanwhile, Saul, David's adversary and his father-in-law, has been, he and Jonathan are killed. So the throne is in, of Israel is momentarily empty. Now it becomes occupied by Saul's son. But right now, David is in Ziklag. He doesn't even know what's happened. He doesn't know if Saul has won the battle or lost the battle. He certainly doesn't know if Saul is dead or alive. But when David gets back to Ziklag, he says to himself, now, now this is the, the great strength of David. Now what do we do? That, that crisis moment, he's lived over that. He thought tactically. He, he figured out what to do. Now back to strategy. Now back to the long-term plan. Ziklag is not the place where he says, to his men, we're going back to Judah, we're going to Hebron, and there will become our headquarters. So what do we take away from all this? Before we meet next week to talk about the next stage of David's life and leadership, and it is this, watch for those seasons when you come out of a crisis, out of a, a moment where, where everything seems to grind to a halt or even go backward. Watch for those moments when you can catch some momentum, when you can win a small-term victory, as David defeated the Amalekites and began to gain um, stature with his men. Remember, they're ready to kill him one moment. The next moment, they're ready to make him the king because David has shown how he can lead through a crisis. So what do we say to this? The crisis that you're going through isn't fun. It isn't good. Nobody likes it when Ziklag is burned and all your people are captured by the enemy. On the other hand, making it through that, coming out with a plan for victory and winning on the other side in, can increase your stature and give you greater leverage for future struggles. David comes out of Gath 
and out of Ziklag stronger than ever. And meanwhile, an opportunity for advancement has opened elsewhere that he doesn't even know about. You don't know what God is doing right now, somewhere else beyond where you can see that will make your strategic plan succeed. I hope you'll join me next week. Until then, let me give you a very important announcement. I want you to visit drmarkrutland.com where you can get David the Great. This book on David has been a tremendous seller, especially among men. We're delighted with that. You know, most Christian publishers will tell you it's very difficult to get men to buy and read books, but they have loved this book. So I hope you will use, go to drmarkrutland.com, use the promo code NOTEBOOK2020, and you'll receive 40% off of this book, as many copies as you want, and any other uh, any other product that we have. Here is an, another book, 21 Seconds to Change Your World. Uh, David wrote the 23rd Psalm. This is what I consider sort of a companion piece to this one about the 23rd Psalm and the Lord's Prayer. And then my newest book, Courage to be healed, which is a book about inner healing. I hope that you will get those and every all the other material you want. This offer does expire, however, December the 15th, 2020. Let me just say one last thing, and that is this. All the proceeds, all the sales, there's no smoke and mirrors, all of it goes to the missions program of Global Servants. None comes to me. It all goes to the missions program of Global Servants, particularly our girls' homes, House of Grace, Thailand, and House of Grace, Ghana, in West Africa. I hope that you'll go to drmarkrutland.com, click on there, load your card up, do a good thing for missions, and enjoy whatever you have. Until we meet again, this is The Leader's Notebook, and I'm Mark Rutland. You've been listening to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review today's podcast. You can follow Dr. Rutland on Twitter at Dr. Mark Rutland or visit his website, drmarkrutland.com. Join us next week for another episode of The Leader's Notebook.